Dude, the Colts have $69 million in cap space. To our uh, our friends in uh, Brussels, Belgium, by the way, um, we know that uh, we're listened to around the world, and, and according to the according to the uh, data, Brussels, Belgium, really loves the odd pearl. Messy, messy. That's French, dude. They speak right? French in Belgium. It's one of the three official languages. I didn't know that, dude. I, I, did I did you guys know that, or am no. I? Okay. I didn't know that either. Beforehand, and I forgot what "thank you" in Dutch was, so. I would have said it was yeah. Dutch, okay? Yeah. Wow. So that was my second option. I imagine there's some German. Uh, it, it said the three official languages were yeah. German, uh, Dutch, and French. Majority Dutch, but okay. France, is pop- French is pop- French is popular. Language. Well, whoever you France are, we appreciate country. you. And Yes, thank you. Dude, it's a little it, strange, honestly. <laughs> this, but... We'll get you on the podcast. We'll have you be a yes, guest star. Please. Um, man, well, look... We've been trying to talk about the NBA for like, this is our third podcast in a row we've really been trying to dive into the NBA segment, but we haven't had time because we just go and the past two podcasts have both been about 45 minutes. Uh, so this will be a shorter one today, but we're actually going to take some time to really iron out um, our thoughts on the NBA and then if we have time, get to some uh, thoughts on these recent developments in the NFL, some major trades happening. Um, is it the AFC West? Which conference is it that is absolutely going to be goaded this yeah, year. Yeah, AFC West. The AFC West. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we could get to that later, but that is a crazy developing story. Um, but first, to the world of professional basketball. The question that we got to start off with, I think, is who makes it in the conference finals? Um, especially the West, the way it's shaping out, but, but at the top of the East as well, there's been a lot of shifting going on. The Bulls have kind of had a downturn in form. Um, you've got, I mean, people obviously, are the, the Bucks are, are just, I feel like they they seem to be gaining momentum. Um, but, but who do we have in the, the conference finals, uh, in the playoffs as of now? Uh, okay. I guess I'll take a crack at it first. Um, and who has the most to lose by the way? Oh yeah. That's the second question. That's, uh, yeah, those are both fair questions. So I think as far as conference champions go, so you want like you think you we're thinking matchups matchups or who's coming out of the conferences? I'm saying like yeah, who are going to be the two on either conference like, in the finals? Yeah, I'd say Eastern Conference wise, I right now I like the Sixers and the Bucks to match up, and based on where I, I know that you know I'm sure there should a Heat fan be listening, you know they'd be quick to protest because the Heat right now sit atop the East at at 44 and 22, but I like. Well, obviously the Bucks have been a constant. Um, you know, they're they're twenty five and eighteen within the conference, but they're twenty three and twelve at home. Obviously, defending champions in the NBA. So as far as the Eastern Conference goes, I am a firm believer that they'll be there as long as Giannis stays healthy. Um, I think 
as long as Drew, Chris Middleton, and him are all on the court, um, that trio has a great track record as far as, as, far as win-loss percentage when they're all on the floor. Um, and just having that championship exposure, I think, come playoff time. I mean, you'd have a first-round matchup right now with Cleveland, who, I mean, that's not technically a series that we should gloss over, but very winnable game, you know, if the playoffs were to start today. And then you probably look up, you, you know, you probably look at playing either a Bulls team who's 2-13 and 13 against the top eight teams win percentage-wise this year. 2-13, and 13, so they've struggled against teams that they might see in the playoffs. So I wouldn't be too concerned about them uh, losing, uh, uh, beating a Bulls team. And then Boston is probably another team that you play, which would probably be a little bit tougher than a, than a Chicago team, but also a very, very winnable series there. So I like Milwaukee in the East. I also like the Sixers. The acquisition of James Harden is the obvious booster for them. Mm -hmm. They haven't lost yet. They haven't lost a game. I think they're 3-0 since the trade. You know, 3-1 overall because Harden missed a game. But with Harden and Embiid on the floor, they haven't lost. And people have been quick to liken that duo to a Kobe and Shaq, which, you know, I think we pumped the brakes on that because <laughs> accolades-wise, you're not, you know, not, you're, not yeah, you're not touching that. Uh, you're at least a three-peat away, and we know how tough that is in this league. Um, but down the stretch, you know, Embiid is playing – Embiid is my MVP candidate personally right now. Dude. And, yeah, and Embiid's playing at MVP level right now, averaging over 28, I think 28 and 13 that right lies. now. Lies. Yeah. All lies. <laughs> well, I, I know we have a grizzly stand no, over here. And it's I, not even about. No, I'm not even being biased. I just think you're just lying. Dude. Yeah, it's because because you look at John Morant, it's like truth, dude. Yeah, That's well, it's all. It's all. It, yeah, I'll just I'll let you go. I don't. I'll let think, you I don't about, what about Jokic? I'll hold it back, dude. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Jock contact dunks his way out of this one. I think. No, I, I, think, <laughs> think, I, think <laughs> I think. I think. I think. Right dude, now, too much 2K. <laughs> this guy didn't even think. John Morant can hit threes, man. I think I've been doing his research. Right now. Memphis has been totally overshadowed, dude. Those TV deals, they've had like three national national televised games this season. It's terrible. Give my, no. give my boy John Morant a chance in the spotlight. Right now, I think it'd be, I would agree with Corbin. I think it's all front court love right now. It's either it's either him and Yoke, or him or he or Jokic. But right now, that's besides the point because the Sixers as a team, I think, are primed to make the conference finals. That's who I like over in the East. And then as for the West, uh, I'd ha I'd, my venture would be either Warriors Suns or Warriors Grizzlies, and I put an asterisk next to the Suns just because I don't, I don't think we know quite yet the gravity of Chris Paul's injury with him mm -hmm. being out for the next two months, how that would impact their momentum going into the playoffs. Um, the Suns currently sitting at you know at the number one are probably going to play a, a, a play-in team uh, winner, so you know either Lakers, Clippers, or Pelicans or Timberwolves as of now. Um, so we'd have to see with that. But, you know, the Grizzlies, I will admit, at 45 and 22, this is by far, as far as franchise goes, one of their best seasons, if not their best season uh, in franchise history. And then obviously Golden State, you know, we're expecting a healthy Steph, healthy Clay, and healthy Draymond come playoff time. They'll be a tough out. So I would say Warriors, Grizzlies in the West, Bucks, Sixers in the East. Hmm. Man, well, the Grizz being a small market team, and being so young, it doesn't matter how well they do. There's, there's just not much pressure you can put on them. Uh, like I don't think they're going to feel much pressure going into this. Um, maybe to get past the first round, I think obviously they would be very disappointed to not get out of the first or second round. But if you're looking at the conference finals, I see the Grizzlies um, as being a team that's very plays very together, and they're so deep, man. Like if you look at mm -hmm. where their point distribution is, yes, John Morant's putting in, I mean, thirty a game. You know, the past, like, specifically the past month, he's looked unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but assuming he can stay healthy, you, you look at the other distribution we've had. We, I mean, the the Grizzlies have they have great they they have great participation on the boards. Um, you have people like Tilly and Anderson who can come in um, and play great defense. Uh, you, Desmond Bain has been absolutely lights out. Nobody knew that guy was going to be as good as he's been. I think that's sort of the when you have momentum going for you, you have a swagger, you're building a platform for these other people to come in and these role players to have done really well. Like someone like Zaire Williams has been starting um, a good bit this season since Dylan Brooks has been out. And Dylan Brooks, man, like when he comes back in, I'm actually worried that he demands too much of the ball. So I'll be interested to see when Dylan Brooks comes back to full speed how that's going to affect the Grizzlies' play style. Um, but with not much to lose, I see them as going very far. So I'd put the Grizzlies um, up against, man, if, if the seeding works out um, and Grizzlies keep the two spot, I think we could see Grizzlies' sons. I think you bring up a good point about, about Chris Paul. I mean, that guy has some work to do to get back to full speed, especially mm-hmm. when you look at his, his track record with injuries. And it's just it's, it's sad because it, it does look like it's nearing the end for him. I'm not sure how much he has left in the tank. I 37. Mean, I know. And you, you look at I mean, it really could just be one more injury, and he's going to play on it, even no matter how healthy he is. Like, this right. could be his last, his last go at it. And if, if they're, they're the, that's, that's who I would choose as my successor if the Grizzlies are out. I would really love to see the Suns do it. I mean, Devin Booker is really – is really impressed this season, I think. Um, so, when you particularly recently, I think he had a slow start to the season. Um, but in terms of the East, that's where you get. I would love to see a Celtics Bulls matchup again, um, not in the finals, but leading up to that point, uh, because I think that was. I mean, y'all remember the the triple overtime game um, back when it was D Rose on the on the Bulls um, versus like I mean, that was that was the year that. Uh, the big three won, I think, the championship uh, for the Celtics. Oh, wait. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, great series. I'd love to see a rematch of that. I do think Heat looked pretty unstoppable um, in the East. I, I, I'm looking at Heat, uh, and I'd like to say Celtics, uh, but I'll say Bucks for now. I think, like you said, the big three of the Bucks come playoff time. Having a big three in, playoff, in the playoffs, I think, specifically – like you've just got so much insurance, um, and they, they they spread the ball well too is another thing. For if Giannis sure. was a was was playing like a guard and had his skill his skill like his skill tree, I'm not sure if there would be as much ball distribution. But having him down low to get boards too, it just really spreads the floor. For sure. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I'll preface this by saying that I, I don't think it's ever been as much of a toss up as mm. it is this year in terms of. The, the number of quality teams that really you can make a serious argument that they legitimately could make the finals. Um, it, it's pretty crazy, and there's still a lot of unknowns left in the season. No one's mentioned the Nets yet, and I'm, I'm still really hesitant to, to say that they would be uh, a team that I would choose over the 76ers, Heat, or Bucks, really, at this point, because of just uh, the Ben Simmons situation and how he, he still hasn't played, and injuries, and the uh, vaccine stats of Kyrie Irving they're just like a huge question mark but you know they're super dangerous obviously we saw what they can do last year even with with only one star playing like Kevin Durant uh, was for the Nets in that Bucks series so that's just a, a team that you never really know what to do with but I, I actually am with Sam on his take for the East the 76ers 
just that Harden and Embiid pairing looks like a match made in heaven. Those two complement each other's game so perfectly, and they're already getting a lot of feel and a lot of like court minutes that like the Nets haven't gotten yet to build that extra chemistry. Hmm. And the Bucks, I think the big X factor for them this entire season has been Brook Lopez. He's been out a lot, and especially in the finals last year, Brook Lopez was a huge piece in what he was able to do, kind of mitigating Aiton's production a little bit. Aiton still had a pretty good finals run, but uh, Brook Lopez is such a key in the paint for the Bucks. When you have to worry about Brook Lopez and Giannis inside yeah. at all times, that's just an incredible advantage for the Bucks. And uh, earlier this week, Brook Lopez got cleared for like practice contact. So if that guy is ready, uh, which I think he he will be, I I think uh, with like Bobby Portis has gotten a lot better. I I think the Bucks are probably the second team that I like to make the finals in the East. So I, I'm completely with Sam on his take. In the West, the Chris Paul injury that was brought up, I think that's probably one of the two biggest question marks. I think the other is the Nuggets, because mm. if Michael Porter comes back healthy and Jamal Murray makes a return, that's a team that might be the best team in the West when, when they're all firing especially with just how dominant Jokic is alone and how he's been able to carry them. That team is so good when you when you, they're completely healthy. So uh, I, I'd say that's the biggest question mark. But otherwise, I think Draymond's going to come back. And when that happens, I don't see the Warriors losing to anyone really like that, that they'd be placed against because I think they're pretty solid in being around the two or the three seed. So I don't really think the the Grizzlies are there yet to to beat the Warriors with Draymond and with Clay having a little more time on the court this season. And then my second team, I it looks like the the Jazz and the Mavericks right now are probably going to be the four or five, and the Suns have kind of run away with the top seed in the West. If Chris Paul isn't completely healthy, I think I would like the Mavericks, yeah. which yeah. Is, is pretty crazy, but uh, the Mavericks seem to have the per- perfect recipe to beat the Jazz because without Porzingis now, they've kind of started to master the small ball game, which is like everyone saw last year is the Jazz's fatal flaw, and they haven't really done anything this offseason to address their small ball needs. So I, I really like the Mavericks in that situation. And Luka's already shown in the past what he can do in the playoffs and how dominant he can be. Mm-hmm. So if the Suns aren't completely healthy, that could be a team that really makes a run. So I, right now I'm going to say Warriors-Mavericks. I think that would be pretty pretty crazy. Okay. But I think it could happen. Um, no disrespect to the Suns, too, because they've been the best team in the league. I just have a lot of questions Man. with Chris Ball. Well, yeah, that's a good point, but it's also worth pointing out that D-Book hasn't played yet uh, this month. I think he's been injured for okay. four or five games, and even without uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, uh, they've won three of their last four. Um, man, so something's really cooking. I mean, Cam, Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson. Yeah. Had an amazing, uh, had an amazing buzzer beater. I, 
there's a lot of there's some emerging stars I think coming out yeah. of the Suns. But I do love what you said about the, the Mavs, dude. The Mavs. I'm I, as a Grizzlies fan, I'm the most scared of anyone right now. I'm scared of the Mavs. Like I think the Mavs have a lot going for them. They're really hot. They have the longest yeah, the largest win streak in the conference right now with five games, mm. five in a row. Mm. So yeah. I do have the Mavs as my dark horse to go all the way to the Western Conference no Finals or even the Finals. <laughs> Literally. Um, I think they have the tools. And they're such a good um, defensive team. They're yeah. one of the top defensive efficiencies in the entire league. Um, and yeah, you talk about small ball. That's, you can defeat almost anyone with small ball if you do it correctly. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that they are running it correctly and the fact that trading Kristaps Porzingis was actually the piece they needed to truly gel as a yeah. squad Dude. shows that they have the talent. They have what it takes to really go far. I think um, on the East, um, I think a team that if they continue to play the way they are could really step up is probably the Celtics. Um, they're 8-2 in the last 10. Um, they've been balling out. Um, you know, Tatum's starting to play a little more consistent um, and then Jalen Brown's doing his thing. Um, and then, obviously, is Marcus Smart back from injury? Not sure. Let me read um, because... I know he was out early this yeah, year. Yeah, because that was... They did trade for a point guard that I think was a really good... Derek White. Yes. So, the, Derek White is a star. It's a huge That's a huge pickup for him because he's fast. Yeah. He can really facilitate the ball. And so, you've already got, like, that defensive player, Marcus Smart. So, now you've yes. got, like, a more offensive-focused player. I think it's a big deal for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I really um, genuinely think that they could really make a run if they wanted to. Um, in terms of teams that have the most wing form, I think it's probably the 76ers now. Mm. Now that they have that big two. And I could see the 76ers going out early or flopping because James Harden's never been good in the playoffs. It's true. That's he's true. always been like and you only Who would be their third if you were calling him a big three? Right. Exactly. They, they say Tobias to Harris, Harris, but I you know. See, uh, Maxi though has been Max been falling out. Yeah. He's been really good, yeah. but I don't. James Harden has proven time and time again that in the playoffs he really chokes and just drops in terms of production. And um, so I wonder if, that, however, he hasn't played with the big like this before. So I think that could really change. And I do think that James Harden, if they want to go far, needs to let go of his ball handling capabilities and like his, um, you know, primary you know option capabilities and give that to yeah. Embiid because I think Embiid's a better player. Yeah. So. Well, it, it was it Kobe? I think it was a couple. It was a couple years back. Kobe Bryant did an interview with Tracy McGrady talking about James Harden's style of play and how come playoff time that's just not productive basketball when you have your usage rate wrapped up in one you know dominant ball handler. You know, it it, it makes the the job of the defense easier. Yeah, maybe there's an off chance you score forty in the night, but if that's if that's the way you operate, how sustainable is that? If your team has to come to expect forty game forty points a game from you. If you have to play in a, if you have to play seven games in a series, I, you know I agree with you guys totally. Like I'm just not sure. You know we'll have to see if having a the most talented big man he's ever played with in Embiid is enough to overcome his play style that has hurt his team in the playoffs in the past. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Turner, I just want to say I agree with you. I think the Nuggets, um, well Nuggets and Mavs, the five and the six can both go up there and upset one of those top three teams to make it into the. Uh, into the Western Conference Finals. Um, although, I do really like the Grizzlies right now. I do really like the Grizzlies. Yeah. I like their explosiveness. They're just, none of them have playoff experience. Yeah. So they're going right. to have to go in and really take it as it comes. In one season. They did, what did they, they play? It was in Utah last year they did? It was a season. Yeah. Yeah. They won yeah. game yeah. one, too, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 In, in uh, Utah, they won a game, which was impressive. Um, 
Now we got to do, it's time for uh, your favorite part of the episode. It's time for the ad reads. Um, <laughs> today, uh, we're sponsored by uh, the new hit movie. It's, it's a slasher thriller. Chello, it's time to die. Starring Yo-Yo Ma as he hunts down his evil twin, Yo Ma Ma, in what is sure to be one for the whole family. Chello, it's time to die. You're also responsible by Turner. So this week, our, our second sponsor is Chipotle Sour Cream. <laughs> if, if you need a little bit of extra smoothness and flavor in your Chipotle burrito, you know, next time you better consider the sour cream. It might, okay, okay. It can make it a little colder, and if you don't have enough heat in that burrito, it can be a little overwhelmingly chilly, but think about that sour cream. It can really blend those flavors together. You throw some tomatoes on there. Oh, Tomatoes and sour cream. Man, it must be good because the like the actual menu item, not Chipotle, the menu item is our sponsor, so it tells you yeah, how good yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It tells you how good it is. Also, yeah. I th- I think it's like two hundred calories. So if you want a little <laughs> that, extra bang for your buck, get that uh, sour cream on there. Uh, you won't be craving that Ben and Jerry's ice cream like me and Isaac after you eat that burrito. Yeah, mm. dude. Shout out to the half bakers out there. That's that's one. That that's is some addicting stuff, dude. Right there, man. Freshman year, I'd be able, I would walk down to the bottom floor of my dorm, and they had them in the like freezer. You just like would scan your like your like Monopoly money school dollars on it, you know, like whatever, mm-hmm. like what do they call it, your flex dollars or whatever. <laughs> and you freaking like spending eight flex dollars on a Ben and Jerry's half baked ice cream. That was that was a night. Oh. <laughs> it's a whole activity. Like, what are you doing tonight? I'm spending eight flex dollars on a Ben and Jerry's half baked <laughs> ice cream, and then regretting it and sleeping. Um, but on to our next segment, man, we got to talk about the crazy, uh, and we'll round it up here, but, but crazy uh, cra- crazy sequence of events for the NFL this week. Um, I mean, we have got a crazy, uh, man, season ahead of us in, in, in terms of uh, quarterbacks playing each other. We talked about the AFC West. What's been the most significant piece of news to come out of the NFL to y'all this week? I mean, I would most definitely have to say Aaron Rodgers re-signing. Mm-hmm. That, that lucrative deal. Uh, allegedly, four years, uh, $200 million, which I think as far as guaranteed money goes, they're saying might make him the highest-paid NFL player ever. Because um, that's $50 million annually. And Patrick Mahomes is not only, but he's making slightly less than that, about $45 million a year. Um, I think it's most important because the hierarchy in the NFC is 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 is, in, is it kind of in flux right now is a little bit of a shift because obviously Brady for the short time that he was in the NFC was still equally as dominant as he was mm-hmm. in the AFC went in immediately in his first year and, and and won a Super Bowl I think with the departure of him and the Buccaneers slide back into mediocrity I think now you look at maybe maybe three primary teams in the NFC that I look at and say okay you know they're going to be in the running no doubt you know to mm-hmm. make a Super yeah, the Rams, who are probably going to try to run it back with their draft pick less philosophy of just bringing in however many free agents they can. You know, they'll be in the mix if they're able to bring everybody back. And obviously, with Aaron Rodgers re signing, you have the Packers right back there and with one less obstacle with Brady being gone. So maybe you say, okay, with it, you know, with Brady's departure and Rodgers running it back and they just franchise tag Devontae Adams. It's like, is this finally enough? Because we've been waiting for so long with this Packers team, you know, as long as they've had Rodgers to try to make it back. 
Um, so, you know, you, you have those two. And then really three, you know, you could really you could really plug in whoever. You could say San Francisco. It's like, you know, maybe they find their answer at, at, at quarterback and that puts them over because they just made it to the NFC Championship. Um, you know, do you, do you look at a team like, you know, maybe maybe a team like Arizona, a little bit of bias, but, you know, you can run it back with a potential, <laughs> potential MVP candidate in Kyler Murray. It's like, do you keep him happy? Can you build a defense? Can they make it? So regardless of whoever you want that 13 to be, Rodgers re-signing is absolutely huge for Green Bay mm-hmm. and for the NFC just because of who's leaving. I think, it makes, I think it gives the Packers near the top for best odds to make it out of the conference. Man, I I think you're exactly right with that. And you look at also the duo. I mean, the 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 like the duo backfield that they've had, right? With uh, AJ Dillon and um, why am I drawing a blank on? Uh, oh, Aaron Jones. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Jones, dude. Like those two guys have. I mean, dude, Dillon has looked really good. In fact, at times I felt like Aaron Jones has actually taken away from what Dillon's been able to do. Yeah. In terms yeah. of like taking snaps, eating up snap count. Um, man, it's of course he's one of the best receiving uh, receiving running backs in the country right now. Um, so I really do like Green Bay. Man, I would love to see him. Their defense played pretty well last season. I'd love to see them shore up some holes. Um, and if they could, I feel like a, a good pass rush seems in recent years to have led teams really deep into the playoffs. No doubt. Um, so if you can have, you can add maybe a good pass rusher on the outside for them. I mean. That would be a dangerous team uh, to have to go up against, and I do think uh, LA's pass rush is, is saying about the same. Um, maybe you look at somebody like the Raiders too. Uh, is it Max Williams? Max Crosby. Max Crosby. The Raiders. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That guy. That guy can play. Yeah. Um, and he he's got a motor. He can go forever. Um, he he really like plays. I think his snap count's up like ninety percent. Um, so, for me. Derek Carr and the Raiders have some work to do, but they could be my dark horse, man. I, I could see them having a really good um, season. And of course, in the AFC West, saying even more. <laughs> it's gonna but be tough. I really, man, him, and then of course Jer- Justin Herbert for me. Yeah. Uh, this is a big season for him. I, I, I see, uh, I see him as having a really good season. In fact, he actually, if I was talking fantasy right now, he'd be my QB one. Really? Uh, Justin Herbert. Really? I think he's going to have a breakout season, man. And they, uh, they re-signed Mike, Mike Williams. Williams. Mike Williams. Sure yeah. did. Three years, $60 million, I, I think it was. Yep. And they have the second most cap space, or third most cap space in the league. Mm-hmm. Wow, they can make man. some moves. Sir. They might not be done. Yeah, well, and maybe maybe biggest biggest news for me, I think, honestly, maybe Russell Wilson. Because I just think that that guy's been held back for so long. No one knows how much he has left in the tank. Right. But if you look at his... His footwork. I mean, he was injured on and off so much of this past mm-hmm. season, and, and there were some, I think, things that were hidden in terms of injury that he wasn't necessarily acknowledging or, or expressing, announcing outside of just like the training, you know, where people are tending to him. Um, I, to me, he's got something left to prove, and I could see that being a really significant piece for the Broncos because you don't know what they look like when the, with a leader behind the center. Right. I mean, Bridgewater's. Not it. No, really. Since Manning, they just haven't. Yeah. I mean, they haven't had anybody since Manning. Mm-hmm. So you know, and that's that's been the thing with Elway. Their GM is like, well, can Elway actually like you know? Because they haven't they haven't gone the draft route. It's mm-hmm. just it's always been plug in free agent here, free agent there. You know, hopefully, like you said, with with how big that is, how big of an acquisition that is, you know, that's their that's their future QB at least mm-hmm. for the next four or five years. You know, with how long quarterbacks are playing, mm-hmm. we could say that with Russ. You know, maybe he has four or five years left. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I am with you on the, the Russell Wilson news. And and I think it definitely solidifies the Broncos as 
one of the better teams in the league and definitely the AFC, but just like looking at the rest of the AFC, it's it's insane how challenging challenging it's going to be for these up and coming teams like the Bengals and the Chargers to even get back to yeah. not not the like far in the playoffs, but make it to the playoffs. Yeah. It, it's crazy because you look at the Patriots and the Bills. They are, are both going to be solid. The, the Bills are great. They they were 13 seconds away from making it to the Super Bowl. And then you've got the, the Patriots on the rise. They're, they're a good young team, super well coached. The Ravens are going to be healthy again next year. They're going to have a healthy Marquise Brown and J.K. Dobbins. And Lamar Jackson, I think he gets – kind of forgotten about how mm. incredible he is when he gets going i think they're going to be great next year and then that entire afc west division isaac you were talking about the raiders and then you've got the chargers who everyone kind of expects to take the next step this coming season but now the broncos i mean it's going to be just a like a bloodbath in that division mm-hmm. every team is would be a a contender for the best team in the NFC, I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah. It's it's insane. So yeah. it's it's gonna be just a wild season, especially what happens in the AFC. It's it's interesting. I wonder if you'll see an SEC effect with that. Because it, you look at the SEC, it does beat itself up every year in college football, but it still produces such a strong title contender every yeah. year. Partially because I think of the competition that you're facing throughout your season, yeah. right? So for the, for the for the FC West, I wonder if that level of competition, even though it might beat up the teams and it might have lower like win loss in the win column, I wonder if that's actually shaping you up better for a deep playoff run, uh, assuming you you stay away from injuries, right? To to have been sharpened like that in the regular season. You know, what's wild too is looking at how deep it is. It's very possible that there's only two or three AFC teams with winning records. Mm-hmm. And like decent winning records, like you know, mm-hmm. ten and seven that don't make it in this year because yeah, how agree. just impressive and stacked this conference is, and it's unfortunately gonna um, <clears throat> mislead a lot of NFC teams that go deep in the playoffs, or even outside the Rams. I can't think of an NFC team that has the firepower, Rams and the Packers that has the firepower to go like head to head with these teams and really compete. I think San Francisco has a lot to build off of. Yeah. Um, that's true. They still have a lot of cap space. They've literally mm-hmm. retained everyone. Um, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the answer. But if Trey Lance comes on the scene and performs, yeah. his upside's insane. Obviously, he has a really low floor, and he showed that he has a lot to work on. But if he's able to really put in the work and um, win out that strength job, who knows what could happen. That team, um, after beating the Cowboys last year, I thought had a legitimate chance to make a run all the way to the uh, NFC Championship game, and they nearly did. Um, yeah. I do think those can be hard for, um, as you were saying earlier, for Bengals, for the Bengals, and teams that just had a ton of success to repeat that. And honestly, like, I mean, wh- how are teams going to be able to respond to this shift in talent? Like, because mm-hmm. you can't, you can't lay idle in free agency now on the draft. You're going to have to make moves if you want to compete, um, especially on the AFC side of the ball. So, like, how mm-hmm. are you going to respond? That's what I think interests me the most in the upcoming weeks is to see to what length teams are willing to go to really put themselves out there, especially teams that now that have really good rosters, um, except for quarterbacks, like the Colts for an AFC squad. Yeah. Just yeah. got rid of Carson Wentz. So yeah. we're looking for a quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. 
w- like where are they going to go? Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Man, what are the Ravens going to look like with an actual running back yeah. backfield again this season too? I mean, was it they 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 were down to like their fourth string, right? I mean, they they lost. Uh, who was that guy they lost in the preseason? J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins. Gus and Edwards. then Gus Edwards. Gus who Edwards. I, that was my that was my big like. Dark horse draft pick, dude. <laughs> yeah. Was Gus Edwards? And she went out like on a bunch of fancy drafts. Like the day yeah, that a lot of fancy fancy drafts were scheduled to take place is when he tore his ACL or Terrible, Achilles dude. or whatever it was. And so someone else, Achilles. I think someone else in that same practice tore their ACL. Mm-hmm. His name was Marcus mm-hmm. Peters. That's because, right. Because their entire secondary has it's probably going to leave their body cast finally this offseason. But I mean, they were they was a totally destitute secondary at one point, like last year. So you know that those reinforcements will come back for Baltimore, but. Mm-hmm. I do like that point about you know you can't be idle in free agency because it really is an arms race. This is an offensive mm-hmm. league now, so it's like, you know, I remember some drafts back when the, when uh, the Raiders were going primarily offense. I think their GM said something along you know something to, uh, to the effect of you know the only way you beat the Chiefs is if you outscore the Chiefs. So it's like nowadays the best mm-hmm. defense in the NFL seems like if you have the better offense. So if you if you you know you acquire free agents and you draft offense heavy. You know, I feel like more teams are comfortable winning a 45 to 41 shootout than they are in trusting their defense to only give up 20 points. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Dude, I, that's a good word. I think the uh, the Chiefs could legitimately struggle this year with those new additions because their defense is atrocious. Yeah, no. And it's very likely they're going to lose Tyron Matthew, which actually might help their defense because, in my <laughs> opinion, he's one of the most overrated defensive players in the league. But, um, yeah, their defense is, is rough. It is very rough, yeah. um, and the fact that they haven't been able to produce um, these past two years, well, and haven't been able to produce, they're still putting up monstrous offensive numbers, but haven't been able to capitalize on their opportunities in the postseason, yeah. um, and a lot of times that's been due to like just poor defensive uh, yeah. playing, yeah. and now that offenses are becoming a lot more loaded in the mm-hmm. AFC, and defenses as well. They're gonna have to, they're, like, they're gonna have to move it on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. It's almost um, like first one a punt loses, you know, literally. at this point. Yep. Man. All right. Well, we got our final segment of the day. Uh, hot takes, man. I want to know in, in the realm of hot takes. We talked about it last time, um, but in the NBA right now, who's who's winning it all? Like advertising, and that's why that's why it's a hot take is because you can't you can't say for yeah, sure. I pretty, think even saying the 76ers would win it all would be a hot take. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Wow. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, really anything. I mean, if you you know the best team statistically in the league, the Suns. Like anything's a hot take. I think this early mm-hmm. in the season, we're, we're not even we're not even. I mean, we're still just over a month out from the playoffs. If I had to just make a blind. T- Throw a, throw a dart in darkness and just take a team right now. I would say that the Brooklyn Nets, even though right now they're at the eight seed, dude, you get Simmons back by April, Kyrie Irving, you know, hopefully, you know, you you've sold your road. You're gonna you're gonna have less home games than the other team because you're such a lower seed. Maybe they're playing chess so that Kyrie could play more games in a series. But you get those guys back in April, bro. Give me the Nets down the stretch, win the finals right now. That'd be my pick. You want a hot take? That Man. you have everything come together. That's who I'm taking. I, I do want to say we didn't mention this. The Nets have Patty Mills and Seth Curry now. Yes, and they are. They might be the two best three point shooters in the league at this moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think 
that mm-hmm. you could really, really make a strong case for those two guys. They're both shooting like 43, 44 or something. Yeah, it's, and it's something crazy. That's terrifying. Next to Ben Simmons and Kyrie Kevin and Durant. Kevin Durant. Like, that is that is incredibly Dude, They all have something to prove, too. I mean, that whole team, they went from everyone hating them to now they have this different sort of chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Um, Man, that is such a hot take, though. They call them to win the whole thing, yes, man. Dude. Yes. Durant puts on a one-inch size smaller shoe and hits the three this time <laughs> to beat the Bucks instead of stepping on the line, and they go to the finals. This might be um, a mild hot take, but I think Bucks repeat. Wow. Um, wow. I think they're going under the radar. No one's talking mm. about them. It's like these, this team literally just – were they down 3-1 against the Suns in the finals? Was it another three? Or they were down like – Two one or something. I think the, I think it was two one. Two one. Yeah, okay, yeah. but the, so they made a comeback against the Suns, which looked like the stronger team in the finals last year, and um, so they've proven that they can beat that team. Obviously, the Suns have a chip on their shoulder. But mm-hmm. we were talking um, last week about just injury issues, um, or earlier earlier uh, today um, about injury issues as well, and just how you know obviously you have Devin Booker who's hurt a little bit. Chris Paul's coming out for the next two months. What does that entail? I um, genuinely think them not getting a lot of attention is perfect for that scenario because mm. that's going to that's gonna be motivation. We all know Giannis take, will take any little thing as like, you know, being personal and not in a negative way, but okay, that's a new chip on my shoulder. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use no that. And I'm going to motivate my guys with that. No and he, Chris Middleton, and uh, Drew Hall, they've been gelling so much recently. They've just been balling out. I think Giannis, again, people like forget about him so easily as being a top five player in the NBA and how dominant he is. So I think they could come in and just catch everyone off guard. Also, Giannis owns Joel Embiid's like number, <laughs> um, and like they own the Sixers. So I think they could go in and again with James Harden not being the greatest uh, playoff performer, I think they could go and just out like phys- like out physical that team mm. and uh, yeah take it all away. Okay, that's a bold one too. I like that one, man. Yeah, that is. I, I, I like that one too. I, I'll go Grizzlies, Lakers. I'm just kidding. Let's <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, see. That that proves the point, though, that that is such a laughing stock. But that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I said that is the loudest laugh. Like I just saw on the the, the voice tracker on voice memo, just like cut up to the highest Spiked octane, up. dude. Because it, it really is. They are so washed, man. It's kind of it's kind of sad. Like I really always have rooted for LeBron. Um, even though he's, he's, I think maybe he's easy to hate because of his success. Uh, you actually look at the numbers. His success in the finals, man, makes me want to like root for him. I, I think uh, he's been let down by his team in the past, um, and that's a way that that could be a whole podcast episode. Yeah, don't give me stuff. Is MJ versus LeBron? Um, but I mean, yeah, you got to bring up a lot of stuff to even have that conversation. But. Man, for me, I, I do. I really intended to say Grizz, and I think there's a really good chance that they get to the finals. And I think if that happens, there's no telling what happens at that point. But I'm not going to say Grizz winning at all. Um, I really want to. I still think John Morant is the MVP candidate. Um, but I don't think if they face up against the Suns, I do think they, they have a chance to beat the Suns on a one off game, which they've done this season. Um, but if you're talking about a series. You got, I mean, having DeAndre Ayton down low, um, having Crowder being able to spread the floor, like, that is a, that, I think that the, it's through the boards uh, that the Suns would move on. Because uh, Jaron Jackson plays good defense, he's a good rim protector, but I look at somebody like DeAndre Ayton, and I think Steven Adams can't play the whole game, because he's, he's not a scoring threat at all. Yeah. Um, 
And DeAndre Ayton being able to do it on both sides of the, of the court, I think it actually is going to be the difference, especially if Chris Paul's back. Because with Chris Paul, man, he just needs to be a distributor too. Like he doesn't have to be able to like be a hundred percent to be in there and be leading that team. Um, and his mid range, of course, is never going to go away, no. um, even if he's hobbling on one leg. So um, yeah, I like the Suns getting into the finals and and winning it all. Okay. And then Chris Paul better retire, dude, because I'm tired you of seeing that guy. got to retire on top, because, yeah, no, everybody knows how tough it is to get work, back. Work around, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, I think Suns fans, if they win it all, they might want Chris Paul to retire, because the way Cam Johnson's playing, they're not going to be able to afford to keep Cam Johnson around if you keep Chris Paul on that roster with mm. the money they're They will and they should prioritize Mikhail Bridges over Cam Johnson. You think so? I think so, yeah, because Mikhail Bridges is probably the best perimeter defender in the league, I would say. And as great as Cam Johnson is, I think you got to stick with Mikhail. Uh, but my team, I, I like the Warriors. So I think it's cool that we are oh, all feeling a different team right now. Ways. The Warriors, the first month of the season, Stephen Curry was the front runner for the MVP. And until January, when Draymond got hurt, he was the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year and an All Star. Klay uh, Thompson is still getting his legs under him. He's not even playing well um, by his standards, at least. I think he's shooting like thirty-seven percent from three. Mm-hmm. And once he gets his legs, uh, the the supporting cast that they have—they've got guys who are switchable defenders. They're young players, uh, Moody and. Uh, Kaminga, I won't, I won't say his nickname on this podcast. <laughs> but um, those guys have, have really like started to find their footing this season as the as it's gone on, and as they've had to have bigger roles with injuries, and they've still got Otto Porter, and they've got Toscano Anderson, and they've got Iguodala, Iguodala, and that's not even mentioning Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole. Like they are so deep, and. If they pull it together, I I just think that they have such great chemistry and such great potential to 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 beat anyone with their how switchable they are and, and the amount of shooters that they can put on the floor. Also, um, I I am interested. Uh, could I get a yes or no answer from you guys on this question? Do you think the Lakers should trade LeBron and Anthony Davis? Well, the fact that he wants to go play with his son, I yeah. think they're going to have to trade him anyway because he's going to yeah. force any team he's on whenever his if his son makes the lead too. We don't know if his son will because his right. son's averaging four points a game right now for Sierra Canyon. Right. <laughs> so we only see the dunks on social. But. Yeah, you see the dunks on social and ESPN again sucks up to anything LeBron related. Is he a but junior this year? He's a junior, but he, he also like they do the, have like the, one of the top players. Uh, I can't remember his name. They right are now. deep, but he's getting like twenty plus. Minutes a game. Oh, really? And he's, okay. he's averaging like four or five a game. And he consistently plays other guys that are ranked higher than him, and they make him look silly. So uh, so if if his son, you know, if, if the Charlotte Hornets draft his son, oh my goodness. But, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, like, he can make it in the NBA just because of his dad. Right, it's like, yeah, like, is that what you're doing? It's like, are you really just, like, are you drafting? It's like you're drafting LeBron. But it's exactly. like at that point. It's worth it. Yeah. How worth it is it, though, if he's going to be like four years old? And you're gonna have him for maybe a couple of years. Listen, he did just drop 56. Right? That is true. That I think true. I think any of these small market teams, especially like the Hornets, I think you're taking anything. You know, you know LeBron and Melo. That sells. Yeah, like, that sells a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That sells. So Man. yeah. What's the, so the question is, 
Just should they trade them? I think so. Yes, like, I think the La- mm-hmm. I think he's going to force their hand anyway because the way the Lakers are looking, and Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. is playing some of the worst basketball out of a guy that a point guard used to be good I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, so, see, so. It, it actually we're sitting by a window, so a shot of his we might actually be in danger over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's been shooting. No, I, I think I think on paper reading that headline, you look at that and you maybe show it to yourself from ten years ago. And, you know, you're just absolutely incredulous because you're like, you know, how does this happen? But I, I think, yeah, like, as circumstances permit, LeBron is probably going to want to get out of there anyway. Um, as far as Anthony Davis goes, you're getting his jersey number worth of games a year. He's playing three games healthy. And Westbrook probably by the end of this season, he's finding it. They're going to find a new home for him anyway. Dang. It's just something that you have to digest as an experiment that didn't work. You try to put yeah. three guys together. You want a championship. In the bubble, so it's like I don't know, like how heavy you weigh that. But other than that, I mean, you would expect with a pairing like that, you wouldn't expect this, where it's like you know, um, you win a championship and then from there you're losing as a seven seed, and then you go from a seven seed to maybe not even making the playoffs. Um, and you'll get some return for both of them. Anthony Davis, even though he's injury riddled as ever, he's still is only 28, and you're gonna have teams that maybe mm-hmm. think they're a piece away and it might fall for that bait. That's just part of dangling them out there. I mean, and you look at how strong the draft class is this year, man, coming up. I mean, if you could get rid of those guys and get some decent first-round draft picks. I mean, dude, even uh, even like people like Jalen Duran. I mean, from from the Grizzlies, you haven't looked too. Like it's it's that guy's gonna go like he might not he won't go in the top ten. I don't think. Like there's so much talent in this draft. Like, would you trade away for a, a Palo Bancaro draft pick? I mean, mm-hmm. like, there, you know, there's there's a lot. Uh, Walker Kessler. I mean, some decent guys who like. I mean, Walker Kessler, dude. I'm just saying. There's also a guy they have him going like near twenty. Yeah. Nikola Jovic. Yeah, which is hilarious. The same name as Jovic, just the V, uh, a K to a V. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who are we calling today? Oh, let me see if I can get my friend on the line. What What are we asking? What are the conditions? The hot are? takes got to be who's who's winning it all, dude. Okay, let's see, let's see, because I know he's on he's on a trip. It'd be great if he could pick up. Oh, come on. Uh oh, dude, you got declined. Uh-oh. Oh, I don't know what's going on. Might have to have a backup ready to go. Taking a little bit longer than usual. Your call has been forwarded mm. to an op- He is on a trip, so that's understandable. Sour cream. Sour cream. <laughs> Do we have a Dr. backup? Daisy. Uh oh. There. Oh, we do. It's gotta be. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Live from Pearl Lane, you're on the Odd Pearl podcast here with Turner. Sam and Corey, <laughs> uh, you, dude, you're 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 up at bat right now for the hot take of the week. Um, the question was, who's winning it all this year in the NBA? Go. Uh, well, first of all, before I make my hot take, let me get out of the battle house living room here. Um, who's winning it all? Dude, I think Phoenix is going to come back and do it. Come on, baby. That's what I'm saying. Why? Um, Well, obviously, Cam Johnson hit that game winner last week. So, 
they're on fire. Um, Devin Booker back tonight or back Saturday night against the Heat, I think. So Ooh. obviously a big move. He's been out for a little while. Um, and they didn't all have sexual relations with one woman yet this season. So, <laughs> so since that hasn't happened yet, um, I know they haven't really hit their like camaraderie peak, but they will. They will. Man, there goes our G rating on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's been Jackson Lippard. We appreciate your uh, contributions, my friend. Yes, sir. Remember me when uh, y'all are famous. Thank you, Jackson. All right, that has been, and this has been, the Odd Pearl Podcast. Signing out from Pearl Lane without a Bluetooth speaker. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it easy.